yeah, we got a we got a close knit group tonight, so that's that's good. So, uh, as I as I talk tonight, we can make this as much of a discussion as you guys want. So, if you guys want to add some things of your own um, to this, we can certainly certainly do that. Um, I I can't believe that this is our last week, right? Uh, it's been six weeks already. Uh, it's kind of crazy how quickly that six weeks goes. Um, and that we're here at our last week already. So I hope that you guys have been enjoying Equipped and, and just um, all that we've been going through this year. We just really uh, uh, love getting together throughout the summer and doing these types of, of talks and stuff. So uh, actually, before I get, begin, why don't I just pray real quick and then, then we'll get started, okay? So Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for an opportunity to gather together and just uh, hear your word and talk about your word and discuss your word. And we just pray that your word would um, just transform our lives, Lord, that it would change us and, and just help make us more like you. Um, help us to do your will in all that we, we say and do and help us to take on your character. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so before we begin, I'm going to give you a little quiz. All right, and these, uh, this really has no meaning or anything like that, so there's no points, you're not getting graded or anything like that, um, and it's only a couple questions, but can anyone tell me why you don't want to build a fire ring out of sandstone? It explodes, that's right. So uh, for, for some of you that may not know this, um, obviously water can penetrate into sandstone, and when that water gets hot, it boils and stuff, and the pressure builds, and all of a sudden, it will explode. Okay, similar thing. What happens when a copper pipe freezes? <laughs> Expands and cracks and sometimes explodes as well. I found this out the hard way. One time I had, you know, you, you have those, those valves outside your house that are supposed to be winterized and that sort of thing. Well, I, unfortunately, I left the, the hose hooked up on a cold night and that sort of thing, and it popped right on the inside of my house because it had frozen in, in there, and I came home to about a, a half inch of water on my basement. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it cleans up, that sort of thing. Okay, so what can the following words have in common? All right, so think about these words. Outbursts, temper tantrums, arguments, quarrelsome, disrespect, fighting, animosity, cruelty, strife, vengeance, malice, bitterness, and apathy. Anger. <laughs> anger, that's right. Guess what? We're talking about anger tonight. Um, great one to end on, right? <laughs> great, great one to end on. So, um, you know, anger can be a, 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 tough, a tough topic and stuff, but, you know, it's one of those things that we do want to become more like Jesus. So we want to, to take on his character. And so we want to see what his word has to say about anger. Um, I did talk a little bit about some of these points in a sermon that I gave, I think, in the spring or whatever. So you might hear a couple of those points in, in this. But um, there's a lot of verses that we're going to be talking about tonight. So, all right. So, yes. Anger is what we're talking about. Anger is a very real emotion, and I hope you guys don't mind. It's, it's, it's kind of informal here, right? I'm going to have a seat if it's okay with you guys. Um, but uh, it is a, obviously a very real emotion. Um, it shows up in the Bible actually 234 times. So there is quite a few verses in the Bible about anger. Uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about um, we're going to be talking a little bit about God's anger, but we're mainly talking about and focusing on our own human anger. Okay, so as far as anger is concerned, how many of you believe that anger is a bad thing? Any any takers? Maybe maybe it depends. Uh, I know so you, some of you may go back and forth tonight. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely okay. Um, 
how many of you believe that anger is a good thing? Maybe a few less on that one. Uh, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna hear, and I'm not gonna answer the I'm not gonna answer that question tonight for you. Um, but uh, I do want you to read some some verses in the Bible. We're gonna go through a bunch of them, um, and and you know when I was younger I kind of went back and forth too. But there are some verses like in the Old Testament, okay where someone might argue that anger is a good thing, uh, a good reaction, should I say, such as when David became angry at uh, the rich man in Nathan's story. Obviously, it was himself, but he became angry at that. You know, that was probably, um, you could probably say that that is a good reaction. Uh, Maybe when Moses came down from, uh, uh, from, the mountain and saw people worshiping the the golden calf and he became angry and stuff he was angry at the the idol worship um and things but as we read the new testament okay as we get into the new testament uh the anger of men is pretty much always something to be avoided okay so you know whether you think it can be a good thing or not um, what I want to kind of make the point is that it is something that we should try to avoid in our lives. So um, what I want to leave you with is, is that anger can be a very dangerous uh, uh, reaction and emotion, um, and we have to be extremely careful with how we respond when we do become angry, okay? So our Equip series this year has been talking, uh, taking us through different Proverbs, right? We've, we've been in the book of Proverbs um, all summer and have been talking about that. Uh, so it should not come to any surprise to you that tonight we are starting in the book of James. Uh, so, so we're not going to start in Proverbs. We're going to James first, okay? And there, there's reason. I, I want to finish, finish our quiz tonight with uh, a question from Scripture. And James 4 I'm actually, I think, reading only one through two. I'm not sure. I think I may have put one through three in here. But um, James 4, one through two says this. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Um, actually, we'll go on to verse 3 too. You, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, okay? Um, so what causes quarrels and fights among you? Anybody have any thoughts on that? And you don't have to. And when people don't give you what you want, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, money sometimes when people cut you off in line or something like that, you know, or um, in the car. There's lots of things that can sometimes spark <laughs> that that anger in us. Um, I, I, there's a book uh, by Lou, um, Lou Priolo, and he has uh, a book, it's called The Heart of Anger. Uh, and it's really about, I think, the heart of anger in, in kids mostly. But he says this in, in that book. He said, We have angry conflicts with one another because our pleasures, desires, or desires which are not necessarily sinful uh, in and of themselves have become so intense that they are with war or at war within our members. The term to wage war is a word that has at its root the idea of being encamped. When our desires, as good as they may be, become so strong that they camp out in our hearts, those desires, as good as they may be, become sinful, idolatrous desires. Not because they are sinful desires in themselves, but because they are desired inordinately. Okay? Our hearts covet them so intensely that we are willing to sin, war and fight, either in order to obtain them or because we are not able to obtain them. Okay, so it's, it's about, sometimes it's about this being out of order. So let me give you an example of, of that, okay? 
Some of us like to have a clean house, right? Um, we love to keep our house clean and neat and orderly and that sort of thing. And that is not a bad thing at all in and of itself, right? Um, however, when we fixate, fixate on it so much that we become angry and we yell and kick the cat or dog because they knock something over, <laughs> that is a desire that's kind of out of order, okay? Your desire to keep the house clean is becoming an issue, okay? So it's, it's one of those things that when, it, when you get to that point and you're um, acting out sinfully in it, that is obviously an issue. When, you, <laughs> when you're hurting an animal or, or doing something um, against somebody else. So Anger is one of the most common emotions in our lives when we have a desire that is out of order, right? It is important to try and recognize these unhealthy desires because if they are left to grow, it can become more intense than it, than it should have been uh, if the issue would have been dealt with probably earlier in the situation. So when we are angry, what are some of the thoughts that go through our minds, and what are some of the actions that we take. It is helpful if we recognize the root of the anger before it gets to the point that it brings destruction, right? All right, so let's read Matthew 5, 21 through 28. It says this, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your, with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Okay, so this, this passage starts to talk, starts by talking about murder, right? It says, whoever murders will be liable to judgment. This seems pretty obvious to most of us. You know, when uh, um, murder is like a, a really, 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 really serious offense. Um, and there are serious consequences for serious offenses, right? In our human reasoning, we often compare things like anger and murder, and we naturally come to the conclusion that, well, anger isn't so bad. Uh, murder is like way up there, and anger is, you know, only down here somewhere. So, Anger was, was likely a part of the, the Pharisees' um, kind of self-righteous attitude in, in Jesus' day as well. You know, the Pharisees saw anger as kind of justifiable. They would often become angry at people for doing something and for not following the law. Um, and so... And so they, they just thought it was, you know, again, it was justifiable in their eyes. So Jesus takes this a little bit further, though, to, to prove a point, okay? He says in verse 22, but I say to you, um, he says, and notice he's speaking kind of with authority there. He says, I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the fool hell of fire. He's saying that anger will be held accountable and is liable to judgment. It is just as serious as, as murder. Just like there is judgment for killing somebody, there is judgment for any sin, including anger. Okay? Anger is serious and can be serious, um, especially when it is out of order like we talked about earlier. So let's explore this a little bit more through, through scriptures, okay? Um, it, before I you know, rattle off a bunch of these, do any of you know some scriptures about anger that you can think of? Yeah, Tim? Oh, 
the, the anger of man. Is it, was it similar to what Tim was saying here? I'm not sure. Oh, when, when Jesus turned over the tables in the temple? Yes, Jesus was angry um, in that. Uh, now, I, I want to be careful because um, if I remember correctly, and, and I would have to go check this, and I want you to go check it as well or whatever, I'm not sure whether it ever says he was angry. It obviously indicates that he was, he was angry or, you know, obviously cleansing the temple and that sort of thing. I'm not sure that it actually uses the word anger in that, that passage, although it's very much insinu- or kind of um, we take it as him being angry in that thing. And, and, and we're going to get to that too. Uh, you know, Jesus was righteous. He, he had righteous anger. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Tim, you had one? Yes, absolutely. We're going to use that verse tonight too. In James, it talks about it does not bring about the righteousness of man. Anger does not do that. So be angry and sin not. Absolutely. We might talk about that one a little bit later too. So slow to speak, slow to become angry. Absolutely. You guys are just taking my message for me tonight. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. Because these are all verses that were, that were, going to be kind of going through. Um, and like I said, there was 268 of them, uh, or there's, you know, 200, over 260 or so in the, in the Bible. Um, now, let's, let's go through some, some, we're just going to start at the beginning or whatever. Let's go through a couple of these. Um, and I'm not going to give you the actual verse. I'll give you the actual verse. I'm not going to read the actual verse, but I want you to hear some of the words in each of these verses, okay? So Genesis 49, 7, it describes anger as fierce and as cruel, okay? Go on to Exodus. Exodus 32, 19 tells us that Moses' anger burned hot. It describes it like a fire that consumes, okay? In Deuteronomy 7, 4, it is associated with the words kindle and destroy. In Job 4.9, anger blasts, it tears, it pierces. In Psalms, it burns, it consumes, and it smolders, okay? Proverbs 29.11, we're finally getting to at least one proverb so far, right? Um, Proverbs 29.11, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Some translations say a fool gives full, it says a fool gives full vent uh, to, his, to his anger. Um, uh, Isaiah, okay, Isaiah chapter 30 describes it as a fist, all right, ready to strike somebody, and also like flames, a cloudburst, thunderstorms, uh, and hailstones. So there are a ton of references to anger in, in the Bible. Um, a lot of them relate to those images and words that we just talked about, right? So we need to take anger seriously in our lives, like I said before, um, and we need to ask some questions, okay? Is it always bad or can it actually be good? And, and again, I've grown up with some different thoughts about anger, and I sometimes have gone back and forth, again, depending on the situation, um, but, but listen to me carefully, because I'm not saying that we can't ever get angry, all right? Or that anger never motivates people to do something good or to take action for, say, righteous causes. I know that it does do that at times. But I'm saying that we should do everything that we can to prevent anger in our lives and do our best not to become angry, all right? I know it's taken a while to get here, but listen to what Proverbs has to say, okay? So again, we're going to go through just a bunch of verses in Proverbs. Proverbs has a lot to say about anger. It says this, Proverbs 14, 29, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has hasty temper exalts folly. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Excuse me. Um, Proverbs 19, 11. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is, is his glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 22, verse 2. The terror of a king... Uh, let me repeat that. Proverbs 20, verse 2. <laughs> okay, not 22. Verse, uh, Proverbs 20, verse 2. The terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger forfeits his life. Proverbs 22, 24. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. Proverbs 29, 22, a man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. All right, so, so these Proverbs tell us what the outcome is when somebody either controls their anger or when somebody does not control their anger. So what do these verses tell us about what happens um, when we do not control our anger? says it exalts folly, okay? And, and I think of this as somebody, um, how many of you have seen somebody get angry at something and do something completely ridiculous? Like they stomp their feet on a rake and the rake comes up and hits them or something. You know, I mean, it exalts folly. A lot of times that can happen uh, to you, right? Um, it stirs up strife, Okay. I, I think we've all done this um, in our lives. Sometimes we, we get angry, and it, it does. It brings strife into our life. It brings hard relationships and different things. It can cause us to forfeit his life, okay? Sometimes when you think of, of angry, I think of this as um, somebody that may have, like, really high blood pressure <laughs> and stuff, uh, or they've, they've lost a lot of time in their life because they've been angry so, so much. They kind of forfeit their life because of being angry. Um, they lose friends. Uh, I think that one's kind of obvious. Uh, causes much transgression. Sometimes we get so angry we hurt somebody else, uh, and we oftentimes break their trust because of that. Um, so you can see all these things that happen when we don't control our anger. What do these verses then tell us about what happens when we do control our anger? Okay, it says that we turn away wrath. We're able to, to kind of calm, calm the wrath down or quiet contention is actually the next, next word. It, it quiets contention. It, it brings the boiling point down in, in whatever the situation is. Um, it says that it's better than the mighty. Obviously, it can, can do lots of big things, good things uh, in situations. People see it as a miracle that somebody, you know, didn't become angry at that, or um, it kind of changes hearts. It's mighty in changing hearts, right? Um, they have good sense, Obviously, they're not going to get hit with the rake because they didn't stomp their foot or whatever it is. Um, the, ma the majority of Proverbs tells us to kind of stay away from it uh, or to, to control it in positive ways um, and keep ourselves from becoming angry, okay? So, has anyone ever told you that when you see something wrong, it should just make you mad or it should make you angry? You see this happening, that should make you angry. Have you ever heard that, that phrase before? Okay, now I want you to think about that for a moment. So how many times did you see something that may have been not right this week or, um, you know, something that was injustice? You could probably name a bunch of different things that at times you think that's just not right. So... If, if that were the case, if, if we were to become angry when we see something that's unjust or, or whatever, we would probably be angry constantly. We would be angry all the time. Um, I'm guessing we'd be a lot more grumpier and a lot less joyful in our lives. Okay, so 
Now, and let me be careful. Let me clarify a little bit. I'm not talking about not having a sense of justice, right? That's a little different than, than being angry at something. We can see things that aren't just and recognize that something should be done, right? Um, and take appropriate action without becoming angry, okay? So take appropriate action to help correct the situation. There is a difference between those two. Um, you know, no matter what your age, when you see somebody being bullied, right? You see somebody being bullied, we hopefully recognize that that's wrong. And we should try to take steps to, to um, help the situation somehow. Uh, but our action shouldn't include anger, okay? It's not productive to just go and beat up the bully <laughs> or beat somebody else up because of that. It's not productive at all. Again, the Bible tells us to rid ourselves of anger. Listen to Ephesians 4, 31. It tells us, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And it goes on in verse 32 to say this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.8 says this, Now you must put them all away. Ang uh, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. All of these scriptures are pretty clear. Okay? Some of you may be thinking to yourselves, well, what about righteous anger? Okay, we, we mentioned that a little bit earlier. I want you to consider, again, that we, we, we really need to be careful with... Um, this term righteous anger, right? Okay, the term righteous literally means to be right, okay, especially in the sense of, a, of moral standards. It, it, um, or it can mean, it can mean in a sense of moral standards. I don't know about you guys, but I can think of many, many times where I thought I was right, and then years down the road found out I really didn't know the whole story of, of the situation. Um, I didn't see all the details of what was going on. Uh, there's only one person in the world who ever lived um, that lived a perfect life that was truly righteous, and that was Jesus, right? Jesus is the only one that can truly be righteous in every situation, um, Again, I'm not saying that anger doesn't motivate us to do great things and maybe do things that, that are righteous, but if we are honest and think about our motivations when we become angry, I would guess that most of the time that the, that motivation is rooted in pride and self-righteousness, our own self-righteousness. Um, and so, again, we need to be careful when we become angry. So how should we res respond, say, to an unjust situation? Well, of course, we have to go back to God's word um, in order to, to determine our responses, right? James 1, 19 through 20 says this, and this is the one I think, Craig, you had mentioned, right? Um, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. All right? So if we hold on so strongly to the belief that we are acting in righteous anger, I think we are sometimes getting things out of order, like we were uh, talking about earlier. It seems that the scripture in James and this idea of ridding ourselves of anger, it, it kind of turns this, this scripture, I guess, righteous anger, upside down, right? Um, again, it's, it's basically saying I should become angry. I should be rewarded for being offended and embracing it, right? Doesn't that sound just a little bit, uh, a little bit off? If you become comfortable getting angry, it's likely that you will begin to destroy relationships with people around you and sometimes longstanding friendships. When we are angry and we express it, especially, say, publicly in social media, um, what does that show the world around us? Are my words bringing truth? 
that leads to healing and reconciliation and glory to God? Or are they causing pain and division? Sometimes we don't even express words with, or express our anger with words. We, we express it with um, just our body language or emotion or our, again, our actions. Um, so we need to be careful as to how we're expressing things. We need to ask ourselves questions before we act, okay? What will my words and actions do or portray to the people around me? Will this anger produce actions that intend to make the world a better place and help bring people to hear the gospel in a loving way? Or will my anger retaliate, isolate, and cause somebody to potentially stray away from the faith because of my actions? Can I let the sun go down without continuing to be angry with somebody or someone? All right. When we let anger fester in our lives over time, it can change into other issues altogether. It's kind of like that frozen pipe that's getting ready to burst. It just builds pressure and pressure until finally it explodes. Anger in the long term, if not dealt with, can grow, right? It often combines then with other emotions and can morph into something else. I, I read an article from Charles Stanley uh, that talked about some of these long-term conditions that develop when anger is mixed with other emotions, right? And it's, it's uh, we're gonna look at a couple of these. So anger plus bitterness in the long-term oftentimes turns into revenge. Anger plus worry often turns into, uh, into in the long term, a divided mind. Anger and confusion can turn into turmoil and decision. Anger and insecurity can turn into manipulation and control tactics. Anger and stress can turn into physical, mental, or emotional breakdown or burnout. Anger plus resentment can turn into retribution. Anger and fear into maybe some type of irrational response. Anger plus sorrow uh, can turn into disorientation or inability to function and stuff. So, so anger, if, if it's held on to, sometimes these things tend to grow. And, and I'm not saying that they always turn into these things or, or that, but it can. And, and if it's not dealt with, if it goes long-term, it can turn into some of these, some of these, different, uh, uh, some of these different issues. So God can help us get past uh, these, and there are good reasons to do so. So let me give you an example. Um, a pastor once went on a, I'm sorry, a pastor once went to talk to a person who had shared he had always been pretty angry. He said, I spent half my life with anger. I've always lost a tremendous amount of sleep because of it. And the pastor sat at the kitchen table, I'm sorry, the, he was mad at somebody, okay? And as this pastor sat at a kitchen table with this man, he told him that because he's now in recovery from drug addiction, he's, I'm sorry, let me start over because <laughs> this story, so I don't know if I typed this up wrong or not. <laughs> I might have, may have typed it, uh, typed it up wrong. Um, but anyhow, pastor was going to talk to this person who had shared that he has always been pretty angry, okay? So this man was sitting with this pastor and this man told him that because he's now in cover, recovered from drug addiction, he's had to make amends with people from whom he's been angry with. Okay, do so I got that straight now? <laughs> Hopefully that's right. Um, so he called a guy, he called a guy who once beat him up and he told him he was going to forgive him or he was forgiving him. The guy was amazed, but it really wasn't for him. It really wasn't for him. 
It was for me, he said. The pastor asked this guy, and did you sleep soundly that night? And the guy laughed, and he said, yes, finally. It's amazing how that happens. And you know what? I found that when I am not angry, I can finally be in the moment. I can just be there. I'm not thinking about what other people did to me. All right? So what's at the heart of anger? All right? Let's, let's do a quick experiment. All right? I want you guys to all get angry at me right now. Go ahead. Get mad. Right in your gut. Get, just get mad at me. Go ahead. Why are you guys smiling? Why are you guys smiling? <laughs> it's, it's too easy. Uh-oh. <laughs> all right. It probably wasn't inside of you right now to do it, okay? It wasn't inside of you to, to, to get angry. Um, by the way, if it was easy for you, I would be happy to talk to you afterwards. Um, you know, we can, we can certainly talk. If, if I have ever offended you in some way, please come to me. I would love to talk, uh, talk through that. But anyhow, it, it's hard to do something if it's not inside of you uh, at the moment. From the Bible, we get this idea of an inner and outer man, right? We get this, this idea of, of two things. Matthew 23, and these are some verses where we get this. Matthew 23, 27 through 28 says this. Again, it's, it's that same verse that we were talking about earlier. Okay, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you... Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't talk about this one. It was a different one that we were talking about. But anyhow, woe to you, scribes and, and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So again, you see this inside-outside idea. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So we have these ideas, again, of, say, our heart or our inner being. Our inner being and our outer being is evidence of what's inside of us. The things that we think about, the things that we say, and the things that we do. And some of this is expressed because of our history, because of our, our experiences, because of sometimes even our health, our personalities, our environments, right? But it's how we respond to what is, or it's how we respond that reveals what's on the inside of us, right? Let me give you another example, okay? So, what do we got here? Water bottle, okay? What do you expect is going to come out of the water bottle if I pour it? Water, absolutely. Anybody thirsty? You want to, anybody want some water? <laughs> You're welcome to come up and get some if you want some. Um, all right. Got Gatorade fruit punch. Right? If I pour that out, what do you expect to come out of Gatorade fruit punch bottle? Gatorade. Fruit punch Gatorade, right? Okay. You guys are catching on real quick here. Okay, if... If I, if I have lemon brisk iced tea, right? I open up this bottle, it's, it's inside there, right? What do you expect to come out? Lemon brisk iced tea, absolutely. Man, you guys are good. Okay, last one. Uh, sparkling ice, peach nectarines, zero sugar with vitamins and antioxidants, okay? You want this one? You got it. You got it. Okay, so if I open this one up, right, and pour out what's coming out? Happiness. <laughs> That's great. Sparkling ice, peach nectarine, zero sugar, or whatever, okay? So here you go, Craig. You wanted it. There you go. That's yours. <laughs> so absolutely, okay? Whatever's inside oftentimes pours out, right? Okay? If the heart 
is filled with love, what pours out? Love. If the heart is filled with kindness, what pours out? Kindness. At least we hope so, right? If the heart is filled with pride, what pours out? Pride. If the heart is filled with anger, what pours out? And you can put whatever word you have in there. A lot of times when that's in there, sometimes this stuff comes out, okay? Um, have you ever heard somebody say something that sounded really harsh? Okay, it sounded really harsh. And then they said, well, I really wasn't mad. I was, I was really just joking. I was just joking at that. You know, I'm sure you probably heard somebody do that or say that. But consider the words, consider your words before you speak, because Matthew 12, 34 tells us that for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, okay? C.S. Lewis wrote, he has a place, and I had to read this a couple times, so I don't know if we have this up there or not, um, or we'll, we'll have this on the screen or not, but uh, he wrote, he has a quote, and it's, um, I had to read it a couple times. I'll try to explain it once it's done, but it's really, really insightful. And says this, C.S. Lewis wrote, One man may be so placed that his anger sheds the blood of thousands, and another so placed that however angry he becomes, he will only be laughed at. Okay? But the little mark on the soul may be much the same in both. Each has done something to himself, which unless he repents, he will make it harder for him to keep out of the rage next, the next time he is tempted and will make the rage worse when he does fall into it. Each of them, if he seriously turns to God, can have that twist in the central man straightened out again. Each is, in the long run, doomed if he will not. Okay, the bigness or smallness of the thing seen from the outside is not really what matters. All right, so whether you're angry and you go out and actually kill and destroy, or if kind of like our example earlier, if you fly off the handle and kick a bucket filled with water that it splashes all over you and make a fool of yourself, regardless, the anger stems from, from something inside, and, and it, it, you need to go to God and really repent and ask him for forgiveness for acting in that way. You know, if the cycle is not recognized and broken, it can turn into something more. Again, recognizing these things before they continue to, to develop. So how do we determine if our thoughts are appropriate or not? The scripture, of course, is where we have to go to do that. Um, God's word determines whether our words and actions are really appropriate. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So we go to the God's word. God's word is able to cut to the soul. It helps us to discern whether we are thinking right or not. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. See, we are to store God's word in our hearts. And hopefully, just like the example, when we store God's word in our hearts, it will begin to pour out of us as well. We should read it, learn it, meditate it. And I know that you guys know this. Um, but we do this so that we begin to live it, right? Once we know what God's word says, we now know how to respond or how we should respond in a lot of these, these uh, situations. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, we destroy arguments 
and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And then, you know, I, I'm going to have to get you guys the verse because I forget where this one's at. Um, but it's, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, oh, this is, I'm sorry, this is Matthew from, from earlier. That's where this came from. Verses 20, 23 and 24 again of Matthew 5. I should have known that. Um, see, even pastors don't even get it right <laughs> at times. So, um, so if you're offering, offering your gift at the altar and they remember your brother has something against you, you leave your gift there before the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. Um, so again, we, Jesus is trying to get to the heart. Uh, he's, he's saying that, um, like, he's actually saying when you worship God, if, if whatever is happening, okay, you see, or when we worship the Lord, um, we often do it to look good on the outside, right? We're doing that. So if we have some struggles or something in our heart, uh, we should go and try and take care of that. He is telling us to go take care of the heart issues that are, first of all, truly interfering with your worship to, to God. Um, so he's telling us to go seek forgiveness, try to reconcile with others and with, with God, and then come and worship the Lord. Okay, so this simple act, okay, of obedience in and seeking forgiveness from those um, you may have hurt is an act in itself of worshiping the Lord. Okay? So choosing not to, uh, to take offense is not simply about ignoring something that's wrong. Again, like we said before, if someone says, cut, uh, say, say, cuts in front of you in line, again, you can address that situation, but you don't have to accept it. If your spouse is continually harsh to you emotionally or physically, this does not mean that you cover it over in love and continue in any type of pattern of abuse, okay? Appropriate actions may need to be taken in order that justice may be served or to protect the safety of those involved, right? But you can act without contempt, anger, and bitterness, and offer something even greater instead. Again, love and forgiveness. Um, I want to encourage you that if you are angry at something, I want you to start praying about seeking their forgiveness. I understand that there are probably some of you that have been through difficult circumstances, again, um, and this is not an easy thing to do. Uh, you might be thinking you can't even imagine what they have done to me, right? Where do I even start to find forgiveness um, for them? You find it in Jesus. Think for a minute about what Jesus has done for you. And I'm not saying this is, this is still a simple thing, but because of our sin, Jesus left his home in glory to become a man, to live a perfect life without sin, that he could take our place. He took our sins upon himself to pay a judgment and a penalty that we deserved, all right? He defeated sin and was raised to life so that we can have eternal life, all right? If Jesus can forgive all of my sins, I can follow his example and try to forgive someone else for an offense that they have done against me. 1 Timothy 2.8, I desire then that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Colossians 3.12 says, put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. I hope that as we store up God's word in our heart and we listen to the words, um, we find it in our hearts to be able to forgive others as Jesus has forgiven you. 
You know, the very refusal to get angry, okay, is evidence of the existence of God. It is a witness to others that he is able to change hearts when you look past an offense. I'm not saying that this is a simple thing. And again, I, I don't want to make this sound like a simple you know, step process to, to, to make this happen. We only do this with the Holy Spirit working in our lives, helping us to, to understand what's going on. And again, uh, there are situations I, I want to continue to, to, to be clear that there are situations where we need to save and get out of a situation when there's, when there's, um, when there's issues happening. But I also want us to realize that we do need to try to seek forgiveness. We need to try to ask the Lord to help us in every situation to, to not become angry, to, to try to reconcile, to find that, that road to, to reconciliation with those people that we have maybe hurt or that may have hurt us. Um, it's not an easy road. It's not a simple, simple, again, step process of doing this. But with the Lord's help, with the help of the Holy Spirit, this is something that we can do with his help. So um, I'm going to kind of end it there uh, tonight. I, I threw a lot of verses at you, um, kind of a lot of ideas at you and, and things tonight. Um, we do have some time if, if we want to take some questions or, or if anyone wants to add anything to, to what was said tonight. Um, we can we can feel free, Shirley. Do you have something? I think that there was a, was there a microphone out there? Did you want to uh, ask a question or say something? Yes. Yeah. Is it okay? okay? Is it okay to be angry at God? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Okay, um, is it okay to be angry at God? Anger is a real emotion, okay? We certainly feel anger at times. And like I said, I'm not saying that we're never going to be become angry. What I, would, what I would think is God knows that we're angry. He, he knows um, probably, uh, before we even become angry, he probably knows that we're going to be angry at him, um, for something, and and we have to be honest as I think as Christians too. Lord, I am struggling with this, I, and and you can be honest before Him and 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 really say, you know, I am angry. Um, I'm angry because of such and such. Um. So it is a very real emotion. Again, I'm not saying that it's. We're never going to experience this, um, or this is never going to happen. It will happen in our lives, probably. Uh, but we should try and avoid it, obviously. We have a loving God that forgives us even when we're in those uh, mindsets, I guess. Um, he's, he's forgiven us. He went to you know, die on the cross for our sins, even our anger. And so, um, you know, we shouldn't become angry at God because if you look at him, look at what he's done for us. When you look at that, how can you truly become angry? But I also understand that we're human. We have human emotions. There are people that have gotten angry at the Lord at times. Um, and hopefully, again, just like we talked about, when you become angry, you repent of that. You, you ask the Lord, please forgive me for, for becoming angry. You recognize that it's, it's not appropriate um, to do um, that. Does that answer the question? I'm so? not totally angry with him, but sometimes I'll start thinking about what John went through, and I get, like, disillusioned, and, mm -hmm. you know, why did that happen? Sure. You know. Absolutely. And, and that. 
Yeah, and there are, there are circumstances and situations that happen in this life that we don't understand. We don't understand why, why they would. Um, and some of them are mysteries that we won't know until we, we see the Lord face to face, and he's able to explain some of that stuff to us. Um, it is, it's a very difficult thing at times. And again, anger is a very real emotion. Um, but again, I'm, I want to, to encourage us to try to rid our lives of that anger as much as possible. Okay. Craig, were you going to say something? Oh, I thought you <laughs> Yeah. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, can you? Can you Good. Finishing that. So. The one thing that I ultimately get to is that's why Christ came because of what happened in the garden and how fallen creation has become and how broken it has become that we have a, an assurance sometimes it's hard to cling to that but we have an assurance that when he returns we're going back to a place that that will never happen again mm-hmm. so. yeah we live in a broken world and and you know as Craig says a lot of times the suffering that we experience in, in here does oh that's not mine <laughs> The, the suffering that we do experience here does sanctify us at times. It, it brings us to a closer relationship with, with Jesus. Um, and so there is stuff that happens here because of sin. I mean, sin has entered the world, and it happens here. We don't love it, obviously. Um, it makes life difficult. It, it makes the world sometimes a hard place to live, but we do have a hope, like, like Craig said. We have a hope that one day we're going to put all this stuff behind us, and we won't have to, uh, to have a lot of this, uh, this, these things going on in our lives, that, that the Lord will, uh, has obviously defeated sin once and for all, and um, we do have a hope that we're We'll be in heaven one day, and, and all this stuff that we're dealing with will be a thing of the past. So, any other thoughts or questions? Ben? Do you want to? Yeah. Just in case. Just more of a thought. So, we have anger, is, it comes upon us, just like any other feeling. And I think the main question is what do we do? do with it how do we deal with it when it comes when it when we start feeling that so i think that's our primary responsibility is okay here's the anger what am i going to do with it um so definitely expressing it to god is is something you should probably do but also which direction are you taking it so what do you i i think that's the i guess the that's the important question is do you giving into it are you are you um working to fight it are you working through it are you uh, so we it's almost in a sense it's almost like we're not responsible for feeling that way i don't, I don't want to go the whole way and say that but it's almost as if it, in one sense it's almost like okay it's happening what we're then our responsibility is what do we do with that how do we process that do we bring it to god do we just give into it do we what do we do with it? So I think that's really helpful for me, at least, mm-hmm. is um, anytime I'm, uh, you know, feeling something, I want to remind myself, you know, what feelings are normal and natural, and my responsibility before God is to deal with that in a way that is according to God's will, um, and not necessarily... Um, yeah, that's that's my primary responsibility is is, is dealing with that that yeah. uh, feeling when it when it shows up. Yeah, how do we how do we respond is a significant question. Um, when when you're looking at that, 
it, and it's, this is one of the most difficult things, especially in the moment. You know, you have a spark, and it's just like a spark sometimes sets you off. It, it turns into a fire real quickly, right? Um, hopefully, when you see those patterns in your life, you hopefully begin to, to realize, okay, this was a spark that set me off. Okay, what are the things, how am I supposed to react in these types of situations? Back to, to Ben's question, what should I be doing or whatever? And, and the Bible is clear, I think, in a lot of that. We should be slow. Um, you know, many of us, a lot of times, we, somebody says something to us and we, we fire something right back, right? We should be slow to speak. Um, we should be quick to listen. When somebody says something, okay, how many of us automatically make assumptions really quick as to what's going on in that situation? Like I said, I've been wrong a lot of times. I've, after time of, of listening or hearing different sides of a story or different things, I've, I've come to understand that I didn't know everything, you know, two weeks ago, whatever. So we should be quick to listen. We should be able to hear what people are saying and, and try and think about that a little bit before we end up saying something that maybe we regret. Um, you know, so there's, there's lots of things that we, we can do, and I think the Bible's clear. Um, you know, there's tons of verses that tell us it, a gentle answer, okay? How often do we get uptight and get mad and all of a sudden you know, we, 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 again, we react in a harsh, that harsh tone that I talked about earlier. Um, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Okay, so we should be gentle in our response, not necessarily um, harsh in our response. It's, it's not a, when, when you are, say, in an argument with somebody, I think all too often, a lot of Christians out there turn it into a debate, okay? I'm right, you're wrong. This is, this is truth, you're not speaking the truth or whatever. It's, it's almost a debate, okay? And I don't think we should be, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't sharpen one another, okay? But what often happens is it's, it's a debate that, again, kind of raises tempers, raises anger, that sort of thing, we really should be treating it as a rescue mission, okay? It's not a debate. It's a rescue mission. You're going to try to point somebody to the love of Jesus, to the love of Christ. And so we're going into this thinking, how can I show love to this person, speak the truth in love, and do it without turning this into a debate, Okay, it's, it's not about I'm right, you're wrong. It's about Jesus loves you and wants a relationship with you. And, and hopefully we can win people to Christ through, through love and through speaking the truth in love as opposed to just trying to, you know, hammer a truth into them or, or debate um, what they've said, right? Does that make sense? Um, so I think the Bible is, is very clear as to kind of some, some, some ways that we can try to react. Now, the hard part is, okay, we've answered some of the question of how should we react. How do we apply it to our lives now? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the difficulty. And it's just, again, I think this can be a process for most of us. It's a lifelong process. I guarantee you I'm not there yet, and I'm sure most of you probably aren't there yet either. Um, but it's continuing to, to put God's word in our heart and try to live it out as, as much as we possibly can. Um, and that's not always easy in the moment, but, but we try and try and try again. And hopefully with God's Holy Spirit, he will, will grow us in our responses to some of these situations that we find ourselves in. So, any other thoughts or questions? Okay, well, again, this was our last week. It's kind of a tough one to land on <laughs> for, for our last week, but uh, 
just really appreciate you guys being here and that sort of thing. Hopefully, you know, by reading through Proverbs, we've learned how to, to grow in some of these areas of our lives um, and, and just are so thankful for God's word that can uh, make a difference in who we are as a, as a church, as a people, um, as Christians, as people that go out into the world to share the gospel with others. So why don't I close this in a word of prayer and uh, we can uh, just talk for a little bit until some of the other groups are done. So Lord, we just thank you so much for this night. We thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you for your word and all that it talks to us uh, about who you are, about your character. Lord, we are just so thankful that your word can change us and that your Holy Spirit can help us and give us the power to do what we can't do in our own power, Father. And so we ask for your help as we go from these classes. You have equipped us in different ways um, through the the different speakers that we've had and and through the different uh, topics that we've talked through. And so, Lord, I just pray that as we go and, and share your word with others, that, that you would help us to do it uh, with your strength so that people may come to know you, that your gospel would go forth and that, that people would come to your kingdom because of the words that we have spoken, the boldness that we have been able to, to share with them, um, uh, the boldness that we've taken to, to do steps, to, to, to take tiny steps of, of little things that can make a difference in people's lives. So, Father, I just pray that you, again, would, would help us to share the gospel, help us to, to, especially with tonight's topic, Lord, I know this is a tough one. I pray that you would help us to not become angry. I pray that you would help us to, to replace that. Again, we, we talk about putting off anger and putting on love. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to do that. I, I pray that we would help to rid our lives of anger and, and keep it... Um, from manifesting in our lives and that we would put on love and that we would share it with others. So Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for this night. We thank you for all that you have given us. Just uh, may you bless everyone here as they go keep us safe and help us to continue to walk in your footsteps and become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being a part of the equipped classes. And uh, again, if you've... uh, if you want to talk any more about um, any of these topics, please feel free to, to seek us out. We'd love to have a conversation with you. So thanks for coming.